to Apex City. Uh, I'm Jeremy. I'm Lenny. And I'm Christina. And today we're going to be talking about the setting for our game, um, Apex City, I guess, as you might have... Wow, that's a bad intro. Um, cool! So, <laughs> Apex City is what happens when Chicago and Seattle have a baby and then they both leave it to be raised by Metropolis while they go off and have an adventure. It's kind of a big industrial city. So there's a lot of corporations, okay. there's a lot of construction, there's a lot of like research and development that happens. Um, it's not quite as like shiny or as uh, um, refined. Uh, yeah, not, pristine. Thank you. That's a good <laughs> word. Uh, demographically, about two and a half million. Uh, okay. Of which about 7% are uh, what we're calling insetting fragments. And those are basically legally friendly mutants or uh, metahumans or what have you. Um, and they're just people who have been born with different abilities. Uh, obviously, you also have your science and magic-based heroes, so that number's probably a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. um, but give or take 175,000 on-the-record super-powered individuals at any given time. So, pretty decent population. Um, so, things, things that we want to know about uh, Apex City, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I know we have established already that there is a university... Yes. And I actually kind of want to ask you some questions about the university. Sure, go right ahead. Uh, how big is it? Um, I would say fairly small. I've always pictured it as a like a a smaller, more uh, communal college than like a like a big city. Okay. Kind of guy. Maybe this is like the uh, not the most prestigious school in uh, Apex City. Okay. Or near Apex City. Sure, sure. Uh, not really known for its its schooling system. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> So, so Apex U is more of like a community college that you, you go okay. to uh, without <laughs> such high hopes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. And, um, and then kind of uh, adjacent to that, we also have the Apex City uh, public school system. Yes. Uh, is this the kind of system where schools have names or numbers? Oh, man. I, I've never been in a school system where they had numbers. Yeah, me neither. I just yeah. assumed it was names. I mean, the, the I kind of like the numbers. Idea. Yeah, no, I mean that works. That works with Apex City's kind of like uh, uh, feel because yeah. I know as you move out from the city center, it's a grid system and it's all numbered streets. Like streets yeah. don't even have names until you start getting out into the suburbs. So it makes sense that their school system would be kind of uh, you know public school one thirty seven. Yes, definitely <laughs> consider this particular public school to be inner city. <laughs> oh no, I like it definitely. Um, so, let's talk about some of the uh, some of the characters in Apex City. Hero-wise, we have probably, and I did a lot of writing for this, and I apologize. Probably way more than I should have. Um, so, your most notable hero is called Axiom. And Axiom has been around since World War II-ish. Uh, the original Axiom was a guy named John Nails Ackman. He's a tank driver uh, who stumbled across a UFO that had been captured by the Nazis, uh, rescued the aliens they were experimenting on, and was gifted with a uh, nanotech energy suit I see. to fight for freedom. Okay. Uh, and that's all detailed in the pages of the All-American Axiom. And then after that, round about the 60s, people were kind of falling at, like, he was a very uh, conservative, very, like, pro-America, go-war, mm -hmm. you know, nationalist, nationalist icon. kind of icon. And so around, like, the 60s, 70s, that kind of fell out of favor. Mm -hmm. And uh, the mantle passed on to a guy named Glenn Garfield, who was a small-time burglar that got in uh, the middle of a fight between Axiom and Professor Paradox. Okay. Um, 
Axiom got uh, very injured, and so the suit passes on to Glenn Garfield, who learns more about himself and grows as a person uh, over the <laughs> over the Good pages job. of Good the unflappable Axiom. Um, and then more recently, Garfield has retired as he's getting kind of older and has passed the mantle on to the as-yet-unidentified Absolute Axiom. I see. Um, I did a lot of writing for this game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I um, But yeah, you guys have kind of the big character list, so are there any ones that you actually like or that you want more information about? <sighs> Let's see. Well, I mean, I like Tony Rex Dakota. Obviously the best, the best character. <laughs> he's definitely... Uh, I think, worth going into. Tony Rex Dakota, sure. Um, So Tony Rex Dakota is a Silver Age hero whose one and only power is to turn into a T-Rex. And he insists on fighting street-level crime, despite the Apex City police politely asking him not to. (laughs) Because when when a T-Rex is foiling like a purse snatching, that doesn't really help anyone. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of collateral damage. It's a lot of... How many purse snatchings are there in Apex City? Very few. Like, surprisingly fewer now that Tony Rex Dakota's <laughs> in the <laughs> Good job, Tony Rex Dakota. You'd think that'd be a deterrent of some sort. Oh, yeah. No, I, I always have the, I, just the image in my head of, uh, of Tony Rex Dakota, like, talking to a school full of children about, like, safety. You're like, you know, remember to look both ways before you cross the street, kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just as a T-Rex. Right, um, you know, as he's snacking on a pig. Right, just a whole goat, just... <laughs> yep. Tony Rex Dakota says, don't take uh, unlicensed superpowers out of the back of vans from strangers. Right. Call your Apex City police. Because <clears throat> he, he so wasn't invited he, to the school. Does he, he work with up. the police, or do the... So, okay, so I guess, yeah, let's talk about the Apex, <laughs> let's talk about the Apex City sure. police. Um, so being a police department in a city full of superpowered individuals is probably a very stressful job. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do their best. A lot of what they are trained to do is de-escalate situations. Because, let's be honest, there's a villain in this city called Bulletproof. He is literally Bulletproof. Not <laughs> like, a lot you can do there. <laughs> like, Bulletproof's MO is to smash through a bank, take the entire vault, and then leap a couple of miles off. How do you stop that with a taser? <laughs> you just don't. Um, he's not taser-proof, he's just bulletproof. Yeah, that's a great question, we don't know. <laughs> we, we should get into that. First villain, bulletproof. Alright, cool. Um, <laughs> everyone get your tasers ready. Got it. Um, but yeah, so the Apex City Police tend to... They don't officially work with heroes. Um, okay. They're officially a separate entity, and they don't really recognize vigilante justice as being a good thing, but at the same time, they respect that these superpowered individuals are probably the best counter to the other superpowered individuals. Okay. So they mostly let you do your own thing, as long as you're not causing, you know, excess collateral damage, uh, hence why they keep politely asking Tony Rex Dakota not to foil street-level crime. So is it like... Illegal to be a vigilante? No, no. Okay. Um, so that's, and this is kind of when you get into masks uh, as a whole, that is one of the core concepts is that you as a group are not being hunted. Um, so while you might not be a sanctioned superhero team, the government is not actively out to shut you down. Okay. Um, there's also an organization uh, called COPI, C O P I, um, which is the Center for Oversight of Powered Individuals. And it's, it's, Basically, a government group to yeah oversee, you know, try and keep track of who these people are, where they are, what their agendas are, 
um, you know, warn citizens, try and evacuate them, which the police also do a lot of. Kind of like a OSI? Kinda, yeah. If you're looking at Venture Brothers, kinda yeah. like an OSI, except they are adamantly not a uh, a, a uh, black ops superhero response right. group. Of wink, course. wink. Absolutely. Uh, air not. quotes. No way. They're definitely not that. <laughs> so exactly like OSI. Uh, exactly like <laughs> yes. And I, I like that we've also established that they run an orphanage. They do. Oh. Uh, for superpowered individuals who might <clears throat> have nowhere else to go. Um. Because you know how many of, how many tragic superhero backstories end with both of your parents, you know, uh, out of the picture. Quite, quite a few. Yeah, Almost all of, yeah. yeah, lots of um, them. What do they do with the orphans that age out of the system? Are they copy recruits? You know, that's a great question. Um, officially, no, because they are not a black ops super powered response team. So right. officially, no, absolutely not. Um, probably yes. Uh, they. Outside the public eye, definitely do work with certain superheroes. They mm -hmm. definitely, you know, interact with them on a regular basis. And they probably suggest things like sidekicks or, you know, protégés. Uh -huh. Or like, this person has a similar power set to you. Maybe you could teach them how to use that responsibly. So, in general, are the Kopi people non-powered? Or do they have powered agents? I think the, the main... Um, the main bulk of them are non-powered individuals. Okay. The uh, the main leadership of the group is definitely not. Okay. And they probably do have some powered uh, individuals, maybe not acting openly. Like yeah, yeah. Like they don't have like a vest that has Kopi on it. So um, like they they dissuade membership amongst powered people. I think it's more that they don't actively. They don't recruit. use them as like field agents, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that would set a bad precedent, right? Okay. Like that would probably look bad on them because they're not a black. Ops superhero of response group. Well, no, but they could just be a government organization hiring people. Oh, sure, sure. Like, well, I assume they're not, gonna, they're not gonna discriminate. Like, if right. someone wants to join Kopi and they have right. powers, like, y y you obviously have to use those responsibly oh, and course. not as a member of Kopi. Oh, of course. Well, I mean, they're officially just a monitoring group, so right. your ability to shoot, you know, plasma beams from your face is not really useful in that regard. Uh, very useful in certain other regards. Sure. You know, that they officially deny. I would like to talk about the rabble. Yes! So, when we were talking earlier about uh, demographics, we talked about fragments, which are people who are just born a little bit differently. The rabble is a group of fragments that have kind of banded together for mutual benefit. They are not officially a team. They are not even officially really organized. Um, they do have a loose leadership but they're basically there to protect fragments from a. If your neighbor, you know, has a kid that uh, has gills and can't breathe on their own outside of water, mm -hmm. they'll set you up with like a cool rebreather unit so that your kid can go outside and play ball, right? Mm -hmm. And by that same, you know, uh, that same token, if someone is like harassing, you know, uh, a group of fragments, right? They're probably going to get involved in that. How do they know when something like that has happened? How do they, how, do they have some sort of monitoring system a lot of it is word of mouth okay um they they operate very much just just on people getting in touch with their members mm -hmm. they have a couple of high profile members i was really hoping word of mouth was going to be the name of some like superhero they had <laughs> just like track people uh it is now <laughs> okay. that's really good word of mouth uh yes no it definitely is now and and that's how this game works if you think yeah. something's a thing it is a thing so who, who funds the rabble like they must like, they, they get rebreathers, they must get them from somewhere. Oh, definitely. There's Official definitely fragments who have, like... Yeah. 
oh, powers yeah. to lend in, in in such a yeah. way. Like, there's a technopath fragment, perhaps, who would be like, I have an answer so it's to like, this. It's like private millionaires. It's a... <laughs> I, I don't... I don't know if I would say private millionaires. I would say more like like a like a small commune, okay. who, uh, like like are just okay with helping each other. Yeah, and like it, it's more of a network of people who would help rather than people who are dedicated to helping one specific thing. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of this comes down to as well. There's a lot of crowdfunding. They are very tech savvy. They are very social media savvy. Okay. Aside from that, unofficially, they do get help from Kobe sometimes. Okay. So they're not actively affiliated with, and they probably don't even know who they're working with, but they've got some, some people on the inside. Okay. Um, what, what does, like, what does Kopi think of them? Officially, um... Yeah. They just need to be monitored. Yeah, they, they just need to be okay. monitored. Um, unofficially, they probably think they're dangerous. Okay. Um, they probably think that they very much need closer monitoring, and they probably have moles inside their apple as well. You know, people that they are either pretending to be fragments and just have right. some other sorts or of powers, are or actually are fragments. And it's are, definitely not yeah. the amazing mole girl. Uh, it's <laughs> definitely not. No, she's she's different. She's, she's legit. Un- she's very underground. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just see myself out. <laughs> so things to know about this, because we haven't really talked about the game at all, about right. what we're playing. We're playing a game called Masks, a new generation. Uh, I guess I should have mentioned that. Before we were 15 Way, minutes into this thing. Later, probably. <laughs> yes. Um, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse <laughs> game. They tend to be very narratively driven. You have labels. You have five labels that kind of determine how you see yourself. So it's different from a lot of RPGs in that you don't have stats that tell you, like, this is how strong I am or this is how tough I am. Mm-hmm. It's, this is how much of a freak I see myself as. This is how much I think that I am not, like, a normal person. Um, this is, you know, danger is how much do I see myself as being a danger to people around me? Mm-hmm. And all of these labels have an upside and a downside. So for, like, danger, you can get in and you can, you know, you know that you're dangerous in a fistfight. You can punch people in the face. You can directly engage threats. But also you know that you're likely to hurt people close to you. Mm-hmm. So it's more about how you see yourself than about how other people see you. And one of the key themes in this game is figuring out who you are, especially as, like, a young superhero. So your labels, especially at the beginning, are going to be moving a lot, as everything and everyone and every situation tells you what they think you should be. You kind of internalize that a little bit. Um, There's a mechanic called influence, which is this person is someone that you care about their opinion for whatever reason, and when they say things about you, it affects you. And at the beginning of the game, literally every adult has influence over you. Um, Heroes, villains, everyone. Your teachers, uh, your Mm -hmm. parents, definitely. And as you grow, you can start rejecting that influence. You can start saying, no, I don't care what you think. This is who I am. (laughs) Um, Nice. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. This is your dream, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) You're not my space dad. (laughs) Space dad. No, I'm uh, I'm definitely looking forward to how that uh, how that's mm-hmm. gonna play out. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time a villain tells you what they think of you, and just to watch everyone try and reject their influence, uh, it can go very well or it can go very poorly. Okay. Other things to note: it doesn't really use a traditional experience system, so you don't like gain experience and then go up a level. Mm-hmm. We have potential, which is kind of what experience is, and the main way that you gain potential is by failing at things. So whenever you fail a role 
you mark potential. And when you mark so many potential, you take an advancement, um, which can be things like taking a new, a new move from your playbook, taking a move from someone else's playbook, mm-hmm. shifting your labels, or locking a label in place, or unlocking your moment of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, moment of truth is a thing that every playbook has, and playbooks are kind of like classes in other RPGs, but they're more like, this is what kind of hero I want to be. Right. And your moment of truth tells you what you are when you are most yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, it is the one moment where you fully come into your own, you can do basically whatever you want, you can make yourself, um, you take control of the narrative for that scene, for that moment. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards you get to lock a label, so this aspect of yourself is now something that you know for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's a, really, it's a really cool mechanic there. We're going to be playing a lot in Apex City. I want to yes. know a little bit more about it. Okay. <laughs> um, so what, what, ex- what especially do we want to know about? How was... Do you have any idea of how the city was formed? Like, was it, yeah. Was yeah. it an old yeah. city, or is it more of a... Sure. A place where people gathered and a city sure. kind of erupted. Sure. So geographically, um, we are playing inside the continental U.S. Most superhero games, the cities are going to be on one coast or the other. Apex is not. Uh, Apex is actually on a river that I'm calling the Kinney River, which is thematically the Mississippi River. Okay. Um, it's just named the Kinney in this particular setting. We're we're like two steps away from reality here. Right. It is. A, uh, it started off as a trading city. It was just a stop along the river where people decided, you know what, I'm far enough inland, I'm going to live here now. Mm-hmm. And over time, that kind of built up into mm-hmm. this big industrial population center. Was there anything specific that was being traded? I mean, at the time, you're talking, you know, like furs, furs. you're talking food, mm-hmm. you're talking, you know, basic commerce in the early you know, 1800s, which I am not very familiar with. Well, like, ivory. My, ivory, uh, yes. You know my what? Hometown. Ivory trading, yes. My yeah. hometown of uh, Ambler, Pennsylvania was sure. actually founded as a uh, asbestos town. Oh, I like that. Oh, uh, do, do we want... Okay, yeah, no. Ivory and asbestos. <laughs> the, apex, the apex city story. <laughs> yeah, there are some, uh, some, some big cryptid, like, Wild pigs that run around. And you, know, ivy. you know, in the little setting primer I wrote, I did note that outside Apex City, there are probably lots of cryptids. Exactly. There are some national parks that exist outside the city, and I let's like. I'm definitely. I'm. I'm creating the Apex Boar. Yes. The Apex, the apex, apex Pig. The Apex Boar, yeah. uh, which is probably where the city gets its name from. Yes. And so the the mascot of the Apex school system is yes. the Apex Boar. Is the Boar? Yeah. yeah it's the it's Apex our, Boar. It's our own little, uh, our yeah. little cryptid. Yes. Yeah. Three tusked boar. <laughs> <laughs> Is the third tusk uh, on one side or the other, or is it like a unicorn horn? <laughs> like right in the middle. I like right in the middle. Like right in the middle. Right in the middle. Like, <laughs> just like right three middle. really big ones and then some little ones in there. Oh, like that's you perfect. really help. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. Okay. So we've <laughs> yeah. learned something about our Sarah used to be lousy with these. Yeah, yeah. And they were hunted to like near extinction. Mm-hmm. Of I guess. I think, for the third tusk. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone thinks they're extinct at this point. There's a couple left in the zoo. Yeah. Yeah, but like in in the wild, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they don't exist. Basically they just gone. yeah, no, they're just you're, you're never going to run into one of those yeah. ever. Definitely not. <laughs> no way. <laughs> never. And then I think we had also talked about um, how this city kind of relates to the the, uh, the surrounding area. So now that we know that it was a, a kind of a trade hub, it right. still kind of is. And we had talked about, or at least in the primer I had set in, there are kind of two major uh, highways that split the city in two. And that's what the grid system is laid out mm-hmm. around. So west to east, you have Remembrance Way, 
or the Remway to the locals, because no one can be bothered to say that whole thing every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then north, north to south is the Simonson Parkway. And these two are definitely big trade routes, I think. Um, so there are lots of, you know, uh, lots of trucks that come through here. Right. There are lots of... I'm sure there's an airport in Apex. Yeah. Right? So these are, like, local names for, like, interstate highways? Yeah. And and I will never say which ones they are. No, of course not. <laughs> but, um... So, interstate so, 13,000. Uh, interstate 174 billion. I don't know. But, um... But, yeah. And I think that's a lot of what Apex does now. It's an industrial town, so mm-hmm. they do a lot of, you know, high-end production. <clears throat> so a lot of this is commerce that is coming out of the city and going to other places. Right. Your 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 cutting edge, uh, you know, biotechnical medical supplies are you know stamped made in Apex City. So, are there any like big monuments here that people in other cities would like recognize? Apex War Statue, right? Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. have thing- no, I think in the yeah in the city center, I actually like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the the Wall Street bull, yes. right? Mm-hmm. I think there's a similar statue of a three tusked boar, yeah. an Apex boar. Absolutely. Uh, and I think on its back is like the city center, like. Like skyline, right? I think that I really like the apex boar as a mascot yeah. for uh, the city, especially yeah. since it's like you know a tough, kind of yeah. gross, dirty animal, <laughs> yes. and like this city is like this is ours and we love it. Right? Yeah, we love this gross, dirty. Animal. Yes, and if you don't, then you know, <laughs> screw you. Get out of town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get yeah. out of here. No, I like it. I like that a lot. <clears throat> Do they have like iconic buildings? Like, do we have a Sears Tower or something like that? We definitely do. I don't know what it's named. I, For all I wrote, I didn't really name buildings a lot, did I? Yeah. yeah. I know we have the Heron Group operating. We have the Heron Group, and I think I think the Heron Building is probably yeah. the biggest building in, in the city center. That makes sense. I think I think it's like a like an actual cluster of buildings that all kind yeah. of come together, like skyways <laughs> and walkways. Sure. And, yeah. Yeah. Do we have Do we have like a, a Space Needle or a like a St. Louis Arch or anything like that? We yes, we actually do have the St. Louis Arch. Uh, okay. It is in Apex City. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Apex Arch. It was uh, It was stolen from St. Louis by a supervillain. Relocated, we like to say. <laughs> And it was just too too much of a logistical nightmare to bring it, it back. Was, it was one of Professor Paradox's earliest heists, and yeah. no one's ever fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> because Apex just liked the fact that the Freedom Arch is now in Apex. Yeah. And St. Louis is like, can it's we have that? stolen arch. Can we have that back? And they're like, no. <laughs> yeah, sure, bring out a truck yeah, and Yeah, just, it. you know, if you can figure out how to get it back. <laughs> Um, I like that. They just no one has figured out how to get it back yet. <laughs> the, Professor Paradox refuses to correct. Yeah, this yeah, exactly. Because why would he? Whatever. Um, how about like museums? Is there like a, does the yes. city like yes have a, a a villain and hero museum? I think or? they definitely do. I think they have a a museum of uh, of uh, super powered history. So basically, like superheroes as a whole, as we think of them. Are, have really only been around since like World War One, World War Two. So yeah, I think we definitely have uh, super museums. Um, I think we probably just have one big one dedicated to like you know the history of super people, and it kind of posits that super people have been around basically forever. Um, because when you get back to like you know mythology, right? Hercules was probably just a guy with super strength mm-hmm. who did a lot of cool stuff. Right. They they kind of posit that most of your like gods and mythological figures were just superheroes, which uh, superhero Horus, uh, who claims right. to be the actual incarnation of the Egyptian god of the sky, strongly disagrees with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's like, no, I am inhabited by an actual god. All right. 
how is the museum doing financially? Are they mm. are they thriving? Are they? I think it's a big. I think most of the locals don't really go anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a big tourist activity, okay. right? Like you come to visit Apex and you go to the Super Museum, and a lot of the locals are just like kind of over it, right? Of course. Yeah, it's probably one of the bigger superhero museums in the area. Yeah, in the yeah, area. Yeah, definitely. I don't know um, about in the country, but it's one of the bigger yeah. ones. And, like, the local school systems have regular, like, field, you know, trips. field trips. Yeah. yeah, to go learn about Apex history and all right. these super people who have helped found our city. <laughs> yes. 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 Like uh, Steely Dan. And like all Steely Dan. <laughs> I don't know why all the superheroes I make are, like, band name puns. No, I love that. all the ones I just I pull out that. happen to be band I love name that. puns. Okay, Steely I made, I made Dan is a great name for a superhero. I just figured it's, like, an industrial city. They have, like, an old-time superhero named Steely Dan yeah, with, like, I mean, a big railroad hammer. Right? Big railroad <laughs> hammer. Uh, you know, steel transmutation powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, the whole yeah. deal. The whole deal. The whole deal. Or maybe Steely Dan was actually an unpowered individual just who just really had a lot of grit. That could be, right? too. Oh, that's legit. I like that. <laughs> that's real. That's that's Steely Dan now. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to Apex City. Speaking of town pride, what else yes. does this town have pride uh, in? We, I think we have a couple of sports teams. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know... The the uh, the apex boar, the three tusked boar, uh-huh. is the overall kind of mascot for the town, and I think for most of the sports teams, kind of share a boar themed mascot. That would make sense. Um, What's his name? Bacon. It's got to be. It's got to be because something... it, it wouldn't be the apex boar. It would yeah, be no. something the boar. Right. Yeah. So. Let's see. Bristles the boar. Bristles the boar. Bristles, Bristles is pretty good. Because it kind of gets the idea that he's kind of tough. He's a yeah, tough, he's, he's a little gritty. He's a little, little uh, <laughs> gritty. Gritty. Oh, gritty. All right. um, so he's a little, yeah, he's a little tough. He's a little abrasive. Mm-hmm. Definitely makes rude gestures at the opposing team's mascots. Obviously, like, all the time. Their hockey team is doing very well and traditionally has. Nice. Uh, I think Christina hit on that their baseball team is just bad. <laughs> yeah, they've been pretty bad for a while now. But... Dropped out of the minors. They dropped majors, out of the majors into like, majors. what is it, the triple A's? Is that how baseball I works? I think so. I don't know. I don't know if this is how baseball works at all since I've never it really is, watched baseball. It is now. It is now. That's how it works here. Yeah, in this fictional setting in which we're playing but they, baseball. They recently did good enough in the the triple A's to move back into the majors and they're actually doing good right now and people are like going crazy about it. Kind of an underdog type of team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and it's kind of sweeping the city. Like, our, <laughs> our Apex City baseball team is doing great. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, the underboars. The underboars. <laughs> fan, yeah, fan nickname for them at this point. <laughs> they're the underboars. Um, uh, I, do, I don't think they have a football team. No, just, they're not, they're yeah. not big They enough. got into arena football for a while. Oh, like, that's the worst kind. <laughs> yeah, that thing crashed, and the city has just kind of collectively forgotten a bit that it ever existed. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alright, so we have hit on museums and sports. Let's talk about how crime persists yes. in mm. such a vigilante-filled city. Sure. So your street level crime is not generally something that is going to attract the attention of a full on superhero, uh, you know, outside Tony Rex Dakota. Your person, um, <laughs> uh... yeah. yeah. Uh, your basic breaking and entering is not something that's really going to be on a super radar, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. When you start talking about like much larger corruption, mm-hmm. I kind of take the the view that if it's under enough cover, 
if it's done quietly enough, most of your adult superheroes kind of have a larger view of things. They're not going to see what's going on in boardrooms. They're not going to see what's going mm-hmm. on in, like, you know, back alleys or... That's kind of where more street-level heroes, like, basically you guys kind of mm-hmm. come into that. But even then, you can't be everywhere all the time. Overall, there's, what, 175,000 superpowered individuals in Apex. Of those, you know, maybe 10% are yeah. actively doing stuff with them. A lot of these are powers like, my skin is bright pink, or right. my eyes glow in the dark a little mm-hmm. bit. Laser show! <laughs> yeah, right? For my fingers. Right? And, and of course, you're going to have some people that might have stronger powers that just choose not to do anything with mm-hmm. them yeah. because they don't want the responsibility or the risk <clears throat> or, you know, for whatever reason. Like the city's uh, top uh, motorcycle injury lawyer, mm-hmm. whose face is plastered in all the buses. Yeah. Who, who has some sort of superpower. Yes. That I, I, I'm just pulling this off the you know, top no, of my head I like right it. now. I like it. I, super speed. He's, yes. a super, he's super speedy. Yes. That's how he gets to see you. Like the, immediately. Yeah, immediately. Yes. As soon as you like dial the tone in and it, it starts ringing, he's just there. He's, he's there. Just there. He picks it up and yeah. he's there. Very expensive. Yes. He's doing things with a superpower, but he's not fighting crime. Right. In the traditional sense. Yeah. He's doing it in a more legal <laughs> he's sense. He's a super lawyer. <laughs> those, motorci- those horrible motorcycles off the streets. Right. Got it. Motorcycle injury lawyers. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, right? And again, so a lot of your superpowered individuals are doing more mundane things mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. You know, Again, if you're super strong, super fast, and super tough, guess what you're good at? Building shit. Yeah. Super construction is a thing, because super fights tend to knock over buildings or, you know, cause Mm -hmm. lots of structural damage. Especially if I'm there. Especially if you're there. Uh, Christina (laughs) is going to be playing the bull, by the way, so there's going to be a lot of punching involved. Yes, Um, and collateral damage. A lot of collateral damage. And that's just something that Apex has kind of gotten used to. As far as more super crime, well, again, you got to figure there are as many good people as bad people mm-hmm. that have these abilities, because it's not like it discriminates and only gives powers to good people, right? Mm-hmm. There are bad people that have really strong powers and want to do bad things with them for personal gain or other reasons, and it kind of comes down to who's going to stop them. Okay. Right. So we're talking <clears throat> about collateral damage and yes. how there's like you know super building and super things yeah. like that. How long does a building typically stay <laughs> in uh, Apex City? How much of the city has been rebuilt over and I, over? I feel like, especially towards the city center, there is almost constantly construction happening, which, to be fair, is true of really any major city, mm-hmm. but kind of more so in Apex. It's It tends to be fast and efficient, but it's always happening. Bulletproof robs a bank. Well, that bank has to be open next day. Right. So... They're going to get a construction team in and get that thing patched up, you know, post-haste. Um, the city definitely has a lot of uh, a lot of shelters, mm-hmm. because when these fights break out, yeah, collateral damage happens, right. people can get hurt, and people do get hurt, absolutely. And that's where Apex probably has very dedicated EMTs. I'm sure. So it's, it's an exciting place to live, <laughs> and I think the citizens kind of have to be used to that, or at least able to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Apexians tend to be very tough people. Or have very good insurance policies. Probably a little bit of both. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, yeah, being an insurance agent in this town. Oh, God, so much bank! You were gonna make so much bank! (laughs) Yeah! Because everyone has to have it. 
So, would a superhero destroying your house be considered an act of God? Uh, if Horace does, yes. <laughs> so, there you go. So, insurance company, does. insurance companies don't have to cover Horace-related damage. <laughs> no, it's true, and that's why they... Try, I, I think, and again, I, I, I've, I sort of hinted at this in Horace's uh, write-up. She is not well-liked by the regular population. Yeah. She's probably one of the more powerful superheroes yeah. in Apex, but she does not care about collateral damage. So no one cares about collateral damage. He's a jerk, right? Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, right. I mean, Axi- yeah. Axiom definitely does. Axiom tries not to. Uh, the Sentry definitely does. Hmm. So, like a lot of most of your heroes, even to a degree, Tony Rex Montana. It's just he's a T Rex. He can't help he, it. Yeah, he's Tony Rex Dakota. Man, I'm sorry. Oh, I, uh, I made a I made a Scarface reference. Go. I feel dirty. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, sorry, Tony Rex Dakota. Tony Rex Dakota, uh, named for very early T Rex fossils were found in yeah, Dakota. Yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> yes. Wow. Rambling. But yeah, as for how crime persists. It's largely because there are as many <clears throat> super bad guys as super good guys, mm-hmm. and street-level crime tends to be beneath the notice of your adult heroes. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like how crime exists in any major city, just right. scaled up a little bit. Right. Is there some sort of like mentoring system for the older heroes? Is there some some sort of communication between like Horus and one of our characters? <laughs> there definitely could be, uh, if you want there to be. <laughs> yeah. As far as officially on paper, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, unofficially, Kobe, yeah, like we talked about earlier, definitely tries to hook up heroes, you know, the older right. the older heroes with the younger heroes to try and teach them how to use their powers responsibly. Mm-hmm. They probably don't do that with Horus because yeah, <laughs> right, of course. for obvious reasons. Do they get some sort of, like, tax credit for doing that? Oh, yeah, what's um, in it for the superhero? Yeah, what's in it for the adult heroes? Generally yeah. doing the right thing, right? right. Um, a lot of these heroes do have secret identities. Mm-hmm. So, like... Everyone knows more or less who the first axiom is. Mm-hmm. Some people know who the second axiom is, and at this point in time, no one knows who the third axiom is. And that's kind of as the modern age gets more and more real, as the supervillains get more and more dangerous, you see heroes keeping their identities more and more secret. Mm-hmm. So to get a tax credit, people kind of have to know who you are. Except for Tony Rex Dakota. Except for Tony Rex Dakota. That is his actual name. Um, <laughs> and you can look him up in the phone book. You <laughs> Tony know, Rex Dakota. Did, did somebody steal your car? Call Tony. <laughs> Call Tony. <laughs> he'll oh, help you out. He'll, he'll give you a ride to work as a T-Rex. <laughs> and then he'll go find your car while you're at work. What a good dude. <laughs> oh, just a nice guy. Good guy, Tony. No, Tony's a good guy. He's just got an unfortunate power set. <laughs> Poor Tony. He's working. He's working he the best be with what he's got. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how Tony funds anything. <laughs> he's a superhero full time. I guess he has speaking engagements. I guess that could be yeah. right. Like, I guess if you could get a T Rex to lecture your team, I guess he could like, just hunt for all his food. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like he's too nice a guy. I think he might be a vegetarian. <laughs> turns could he survive? Well, he's not a T-Rex. He just turns into one. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> he's, a, he's a dude most of the time. Okay, just a guy. He's just a guy. All right. That turns into a T-Rex. Just turns into so a like, T-Rex. Can he, like, be a T-Rex forever? Because why would you ever stop? I would never want to stop. <laughs> there are situations where it would be very hard to be a, a, a T-Rex, right? though. Can you imagine trying to take an elevator? Like, no. any, or see a movie? Well, you wouldn't, ha- well uh, you wouldn't have to take any elevators. That's you're true. You're there. two stories tall. Yeah. yeah. 
Just look in the window, you're fine. And, yeah. like, mo- movie-wise, like, you just find a drive-in. That's what I would do if I was a T-Rex. <laughs> okay, so Apex City definitely has a drive-in. Nice, alright. Uh, yeah. I guess Tony Rex Dakota frequents it. <laughs> <laughs> Does he own it? <laughs> oh, that's how he makes his money! <laughs> <laughs> chain of drive-in theaters? Yes. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, I love it. Um. Yes. No, lost So, lost on that yeah. vein... Yes. Are any of the, the big superheroes in Apex City, do they have, like, national fame? Do any of them have, like, action figures or TV shows yeah, or anything a- like that? Axiom definitely does. Okay. Um, Axiom's comics exist both outside of continuity and in continuity. Okay. So you can read about Axiom in the All-American Axiom, and kids in school can read the All-American Axiom. Okay. That makes sense. So these came after? Yes. Uh, All-American Axiom in canon was printed after Ax- the first Axiom retired. Okay. Got it. So, obviously, Absolute Axiom isn't being printed in fiction yet. But yeah, no. Axiom is very much a public figure. Okay. Even the current Axiom having a secret identity, everyone recognizes the Axiom armor, everyone recognizes the suit. The population as a whole probably doesn't even realize it's a different guy yet. Mm -hmm. As far as other heroes having, you know, monetized their existence, some do. Okay. Um, The Sentry emphatically does not. Okay. uh, Tries not to. Tony Rex Dakota, as we have talked about. He seems like the kind that would like have his own like television show, like right. a cartoon. He, he writes it. TV. He writes and draws <laughs> and produces. He probably he probably does have a TV show, but it's public access. Cable. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the Tony Rex Dakota Power Hour. Yeah. Are there any sort of original superheroes mm. that are are only fictional in Apex City? So, like, fictional heroes yes. in a superhero mm. setting. Yes. I, you know, I like that idea. I hadn't thought about it, like, to be perfectly honest. I think there <laughs> definitely are. And if you have any ideas as to who those could be, they can be canon. <laughs> so, nice. like, if we see your character reading a comic, right. you can tell me who's in it. I'm, well, no, uh, I, this is a thing that's in, like, like, in a real TV show. Okay. The Cape. Yes. The Cape in the Cape universe, uh-huh. uh, became the Cape to send a sort of message to his son, who he read the Cape comics with. I see. And I think that is a very interesting dynamic that I've never seen explored in any other okay. sort of superhero it's media. It's like a real person taking on the mantle of a fictional person. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Now that's an, I like that. Mm-hmm. I am going to have to think about it. Right. <laughs> Did they get uh, sued? I think they would. Like, how would you process? Like, well, you they, never, they never go into that in the in the cave yeah, because it's, yeah. A, yeah, it's a poorly I mean, made show. <laughs> um, yeah, and I can say this because I've watched all of it. If anyone who made the cape is listening right now, I'm so so sorry that Lenny hates you. The only personally. good the only good things that came out of the cape were the jokes on Community about the cape. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hard stance. Putting the cape on blast. This is a show from like early 2000s. Oh. I want to say like 2010, 2011. Okay, so it's like. <laughs> Like six, seven years ago at this point. Okay. Well, topical. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So Apex City, I guess. It's a tough town full of tough people, and it has very much a feel of, we're gonna just do what we do in the face of all of these super shenanigans. Carry on. Yes. It's like... It's like New Yorkers. Anything happens in New York. Right. And they ignore it. Right. So, like, yeah, you're probably walking briskly towards a shelter, Mm -hmm. but you're not making a big deal out of it. Right. What in Apex City has, what has, like, contributed to that feeling? Were there any major events that 
the Apex City is like, yeah, this is bad, but it's no, no catastrophic event that happened yeah, yeah. 50 years ago. There is one event that we're kind of going to get into in-game, so I don't want to talk about it too much, mm-hmm. but there was a point where a large section of the city center especially was destroyed, like leveled to the ground, and this kind of set the bar for yeah. what is considered a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. There were there was obviously quite a lot of loss of life, but surprisingly little given the people involved. Mm-hmm. And so after that, after the rebuilding, mm-hmm. Apex has just kind of gotten on with its daily life. And anything less than like you know a city block being leveled is really nothing to get upset about mm-hmm. because you know it's going to happen. This is a danger of the city you live in. Thank you guys uh, so nice. much for for being yeah, uh, no here problem. and, and uh, we will see you next time. Heck yeah.